first scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and told, and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooping down, and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, and yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not laying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and saw, and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again into their own home. Mary stood without the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And see two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was he, that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. The word of God for children of God and all God's children said, Amen. 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 Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you. Thank you for your scripture that you've given us, Lord. Speak to us today through your word and the power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I was preparing for this all week, and I've been thinking in my life and in my heart all week, it's like, we do this every year. And we've grown accustomed to this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. But what does it really mean to each one of us on Easter Sunday? Is it just a time for family to get together? And that's a very important thing. But is it, is it, or is it just a time for the kids to get candy and stuff? Or is it a time to, to reflect on what God has done for humankind? For the whole world? I think you can have them both. But the important thing is to remember why we're here. Why are we here as the body of Christ? Why would God go through all that for humans who have rejected Him, who spit in His face, who ripped off His beard, who strapped Him with a whip until His skin was just barely hanging on? He was shredded. Why? What would motivate God to come to earth and become a baby 
and be raised up and then go to the cross like that. It's only one thing. Love. Love. Not the kind of love that we know about, but this is a deep love. This is an unconditional love. Even though we spit in God's face, He still loved us. He still became flesh for us. Love. That's His motivation. Because God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But we always leave the next scripture out, the next verse. For God sent His Son into the world not to condemn us, not to beat us down, but that through Him we might be saved. Now what's that mean? That means if we believe what God has done in His Son, Jesus Christ, God the Son, you have forgiveness of everything because you believed. But when you believe, you get the seal in your heart and it's called the Holy Spirit. Now, He won't leave you the way He found you. This Holy Spirit that God has given to us through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and of the sacrifice that Jesus paid, because without that sacrifice, we would not have the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Comforter would not have came. But He's did this out of love. And then that Holy Spirit comes in our hearts and lives. And He molds us and shapes us. And some people take longer than others. I'm one of those people that takes a long time. And He takes things out of our heart and our lives. And other people say, you need to quit this. And you know, you know what I tell those people? Mind your own business. That's what we got a problem in the church. We like to put our nose in other people's business. And I'm saying this from experience. And we want to go out and we want to beat people down with God's Word instead of lift them up like Jesus did. Love. Unconditional love. And I know it's hard. When you've been hurt a thousand times by something, it's like taking your head and a beating against a brick wall. It's like, well, it's pointless. But God did that. And there's so many people that think God's mad at them. That think God's cast them off because of religious... Now, I don't mean to beat down the church, and I'm not beating down the church because there is the true church. But there's also a false church out there, folks, that's destroying, trying to. Jesus said it ain't going to happen, but they're trying to destroy the works of God through the religiosity. And they're turning people away from God by the droves. I was one of those people until I had an encounter with God and I found out that God is love. God is love. In my mess. I mean, you couldn't get no worse than what I was. And God loved me anyways. And He pulled me up out of that pit. And He gave me a vision and a hope for a future to help other people get pulled up out of that pit. Don't go kick them in the head and hold them down in that pit. Reach down and pull them up out of that pit. And set above on that solid foundation, which is Jesus Christ, the truth of the world. We have all these philosophies floating around this world, but there's only one truth, and that's that Jesus Christ is Lord. That God came to this earth and He told us He was going to do it. He became flesh. He took the spiritual stuff that the Satan told, took from Adam and Eve in the garden, He brought it all back to us and gave us back that authority and the power to walk over the enemy. 
And sometimes we look at other people as they're the enemy. But they're not. They're in this with us. They're not the enemy. They're our brothers, our sisters. And I don't care what color they are. I don't care what part of the world they're from. They're our brothers and sisters. We were all created by God. But God calls us into His family. And we as His children have to show this love to these people who are not yet into this family. They're created by God. But they haven't entered into the family yet. That's what our task is to do. Like Jesus did. Love people. Show them a loving Father that knows that we're messed up. He knows we're broken. That's why He came. I'm going to go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1-4. through four. If you then be risen with Christ, seek, seek those things which are above, where Christ setteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. And you see that verse? Excuse me. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you also shall appear with Him in glory. How's that work? How's that work? That's the rapture of the church. When Jesus comes back, He's rapturing His, his church first. And we'll come back with Him when He steps His feet on the Mount of Olives in Israel. I'm going to get back into the prophecy stuff next week. But today we're just we're focusing on the resurrection of Jesus. Because without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have a church. There would be no body of Christ. The whole church hinges on this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So down through the centuries, last 2,000 years, the church has been growing. The church has been divided. The church has been chased, beat down, went into hiding. That's why they call it the dark ages. Because there, there was no, nobody actually telling the people the truth. Because they want people to follow them. They want to control people. And so we got off track. But God's true church was still there. And they're still here today. And it's not a building. It's not a building. Church is not a building. Church is us. Church is a people. We are the church. Are we going to act like the church? Are we going to love like Jesus loved? See, He's our greatest example. That love that motivated Him to go to the cross, that love needs to motivate us to go to the hurting and the lost and the people that are beat down. The ones everybody cast away. The ones that said, people say, oh, they'll never amount to nothing. Jesus loves them. And He wants us to go show them this love. Because they've been beat down. They've been hurt. And how can we say that we love God and we don't love people? It don't work that way. It just don't work. If we love God, we're going to demonstrate that love for God in the way we treat one another. Our brothers and sisters. Not just our family brothers and sisters, but all people. Are we going to judge them? Or are we going to love them? We have a choice. We have a choice in everything. Are we going to forgive them their trespasses so we can have ours forgiven? 
That's what God's talking to us about. How can, how can we say we love God and not love our brother or sister or anybody? I mean, you don't have to love what they're doing or what they're going through, but you can love them as a person and know that they've been duped. They've been led astray by the enemy. Spinning them around in circles. And God wants us to show up and help them. Stop them and love them right where they're at. Unconditional love. That's the most important thing as a Christian. What makes a Christian? Believing in Jesus Christ. That's it. And now you can get all these laws and regulations that they want to throw at you. If you've got to do this to be a Christian, you've got to do this to be a Christian, and you've got to do this to be a Christian. You gotta, no, you've got to believe in Jesus Christ. That's what the Scripture says. Let's not make this complicated. And then the Holy Spirit will guide you in the way you should go. Don't let a person tell you what you should do because you're following God. Let the Holy Spirit in your heart guide you. That's what church is all about. You are the temple of God. Each one of you here who have called on Jesus Christ and believed, you are the temple of God. So what's that temple going to look like? Are we going to be a temple that goes and condemns people? Even when they're, we know they're wrong and they're messing up, are we going to love them and show them compassion and mercy and grace? That's what I need. I need compassion, mercy, and grace because I'm going to blow it again. I already know. I'm human. I'm in this human race thing. And until I get my new body, until Jesus returns, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I might be good one day, but the next day, I'm the devil's child. I don't know if any of you has been there. You ever felt that way? I have. Even now, as a pastor, I have days like that. But then God always reminds me, that's not who you are. That's who you were, son. But now you're mine. Go love the world like I love the world. But don't love the things of the world because we're not supposed to love the things of the world because when you look around, you see death, destruction everywhere. People dying, birth defects. I mean, it's just so much de devastation in this world. I don't love that. But I love the people of the world. The people that's been duped, that's been beat down by this world. And I can tell everybody in here, in this room, from just because you're a person, you've been beat down. You've been hurt. You've been broken. You thought the world was against you. But Jesus is standing there with His arms wide open saying, come to me, my child. I will give you rest. I will bring you that abundant life in your heart where when things come your way, they'll bounce off of you because you have the armor of God on. The full armor of God on. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. The full armor of God is what Jesus has provided for each one of us when He was on that cross. When He was up there and He said, it is finished. It is finished. He fulfilled all righteousness. He fulfilled it all. Every law, everything that was written in the Old Testament about how Christians should be, He fulfilled it all. And then He rose from the dead. That's what we're celebrating today. That Jesus rose from the dead, that gives us all hope, knowing that death is not the final answer. We have hope. And then, we got the Holy Spirit in us to show this hope and love to people. And I know sometimes it's scary to love on the unlovable. Because sometimes we're in our own flesh mind, we'll think some of that will jump on us or something. And we want to stay away from them. 
But where'd Jesus go? He went right in the middle of the mess. He would find out who's, who's possessed with demonic demons. Jesus is going there. He's going to go set some people free. He don't go to judge them. He comes to, to get the devil out of there, out of their heart and their life, to set them free, to give them that hope in their lives. And that's what being a Christian is all about to me. It's not about religious going to church and, and reading your Bible and trying to cross the T's and everything. It's about loving God and loving people. Let's simplify this stuff. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Simplify. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love each other as I have loved you. That's what Jesus told his disciples. He said, a new commandment I have given you. Love each other as I have loved you. And then you see him up on the cross. We get a picture of what God's love is. He took that for us. I don't know if I could do that for anybody. Take the punishment that I deserve for, you know, like Jesus did when he went to the cross. And everybody was staring at him, mocking him. If you be the Son of God, come down off the cross. And Jesus is like, if I come down off this cross, you're all going to go to hell. But I'm doing this because I love you. And he felt forsaken by God. He even said it on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that's, a, that's an honest to God feeling emotion we can each of us have in our life when you feel forsaken. And you can tell God that. I have. And I do. But I know I'm not forsaken. I know this is part of this sin-fallen world that we live in. So don't love the world, but love the people. That's what Jesus wants us to understand. That's why He went to that cross. So we could be an example of love to this hurting world that we live in. Because if you focus on all the bad all the time, it'll bring you down. That's why you look to the cross, look to Jesus, and you will find hope. He's hanging up there on that cross, you know, bleeding, just mangled. The Bible says the worst than any man has ever been marred in Isaiah chapter 52. Then it tells us why He did it. For the sins of mankind. So we can rejoice this Easter. This Resurrection Sunday. Knowing that we have a future with hope and love and compassion. And, and if, I don't know if any of you can think of any person in your mind that don't have that hope and don't have that love and compassion shared to them. Let's be that to the people that were around, our families, and everybody we come in contact with. Let's not judge them and let's not snub them. Let's love them like Jesus did. Let's bring comfort and peace and hope. And then when people see you, they'll receive a reflection of Jesus Christ. That's who we imitate. That's who we follow. We don't follow the Pharisees. We don't follow the, the apostles. We don't follow the, prophet or the prophets or, the, or all anybody in the Bible. We don't follow Moses. All these all guys were awesome prophets, but they were following God. So we use their example by following God like they followed God. They were flawed people just like all of us. They made mistakes. Even after they were in connection with God. They blew it a thousand times. But God loved them anyways. And He said, because you believe, 
I count that as righteousness. You're righteous in my sight because you believe. That's what makes us right with God. Our belief in God. Then He'll come in your life and work. God is still working today. And everybody who is called on His name, and the ones who haven't, God's out there trying to love these people, drawing them to Himself. And the people, they can feel that love, but they don't understand it. We, as God's body, as His children, we need to bring that understanding. You know, I heard one preacher talking about what is, what is, what is sharing the Gospel with somebody mean? Well, what's that all about? It's one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. That's what it is. We're all beggars. And then we get the bread of life. And then when other beggars, you know, they're looking for bread too. We, we tell them where to get the bread. Jesus is the bread of life. That manna that came from heaven that we might live. That's who it is. Jesus Christ. So always remember that. We're not up on a pedestal. We're no better than anybody else. We just believe in Jesus and He has covered our sins with His blood. The atonement that He paid for 2,000 years ago for whosoever. So let's go out in the world that we live in. Let's show this love to this broken world so they will fall in love with a God that loves them instead of being a, a, offended by a God they think is beating them down and judging them for all their mistakes because He's not. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all scum of the earth if you want to go that way. But no, through Jesus Christ, we're all made righteous. We're all children of the Most High God. And we got an odor that we put off and it ought to be sweet and smelling. Smell good where people are drawn to it. Say, I love that smell. I want some of that bread. Where do I get this bread? And you show them Jesus Christ. This love and not judgment. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank You for Your sacrifice, Lord. We thank You for this unconditional love that You have shown us, Lord, when You came to this earth, when You went to the cross. You knew what You had to do, and You did it. And Your motivation was love. Lord, fill us with Your love. Teach us how to love one another as You have loved us. That sacrificial love and compassion and mercy. In Jesus' holy name, Amen.